Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. G'day. Today's Wednesday, August 9th. I'm Bruce Hardy, and this is the news you need to know. Wow, this has been a huge news week. The Barbie movie broke $1 billion in box office receipts, and Gwyneth Paltrow wants you to stay in her Montecito guest house. She listed it on Airbnb this week. The house comes stocked with goop, powders, creams, and pills that may or may not do anything, but will still give you something to do in addition to being alone with your thoughts. It's earning reporting season for Q2. Last week, EXP, Remax, Redfin, and Opendoor all reported earnings. EXP's revenue fell 13% from the second quarter of 2022 to $1.2 billion, and its gross profit decreased 10% to $96.5 million. Now, the second quarter also saw transactions decrease 9% annually, and transaction volume decreased 16% to $48.6 billion. While blaming the existing market for their results, EXP World Holdings CEO Glenn Sanford said, While high mortgage rates are expected to persist in the short term, consumer price inflation has started to cool down in our core North American market, and forward interest rate curves suggest that rates may now be at or near peak levels. We're optimistic that lower mortgage rates will unleash significant pent-up demand as affordability improves and buyers once again meet seller price objectives. Well, Glenn, that's pretty optimistic, I guess. We'll see what the market gives you. Remax posted another quarter of declines in total revenue and U.S. agent count in the second quarter as agents and consumers adjusted to rocky market conditions and high mortgage rates, according to their earnings call on Wednesday. In fact, total revenue fell 10.6% year over year to $82.4 million while revenue excluding marketing funds collected from Remax affiliates dropped 11.4% to $61.4 million. And that is according to their Q2 earnings data. Now, Remax net income hit $2 million, a reversal from the $700,000 loss it posted in the first quarter of 23. While adjusted earnings before income taxes, depreciation and amortization, EBITDA, fell 24.2%, to 26.6 million. The decrease in revenue excluding the marketing funds was attributable to negative organic revenue growth of 10.5% and adverse foreign currency movements of 0.9%, Remax said in a statement. Organic growth decreased primarily due to lower broker fee revenue and a reduction in US agent count, partially offset by growth in our mortgage segment. Interesting that Remax is focusing on their mortgage franchises, which is Motto Mortgage, as a way to offset the revenue they've lost from the lack of agent count. And I find it fascinating that these companies all report their earnings in very different measures. So in order to really get to the heart of it, you have to dig in deep to the numbers to see what they're all talking about. While total Remax agent count increased modestly by 0.4% to 144,510 agents, U.S. agent count continued to decline. In fact, it fell 6.3% year over year to 56,987 agents. The second quarter bought more of the same for online brokerage and portal Redfin. 
In fact, the Seattle-based company's revenues fell 21% year over year to $275.6 million, and that's down from $606.9 million a year earlier. Now, much like Q1 of 2023, the company's cost-saving measures and focus on increasing digital margin revenue yield in narrowing net losses. So the net loss for Q2 clocked in at $27.4 million, and that was a 64.9% year-over-year decline from Q2 of 2022 when losses had ballooned to $78.1 million. Quote, in a declining market, Redfin improved our second quarter net income by $50 million, said Redfin CEO Glenn Kalman. Now, hang on, I got to put time out, time out. Redfin improved our second quarter net income by $50 million. So let's really understand what he just said. What he said was they lost $50 million less than the first quarter. Nice going, Glenn. He also said we expect to break even on an adjusted, think about that word for a second, on an adjusted EBITDA basis over the next 12 months rather than in 2023, which is a setback. But still, we project that our adjusted EBITDA this year will improve by more than $140 million. Boy, if that's not gobbledygook to you, it certainly is to me. Again, I get they're a publicly traded company. They're out there But man, to get on these calls and have conversations like this really blows my mind. In fact, from April 1 to June 30, Redfin's market share actually declined 9.63% annually. And that's from 0.83%, which was the market share that they had nationally, to 0.75% of US existing home sales. Now, that loss was reflected in total real estate services transactions. And what that really means is that that's Redfin business and also the business where they give referrals out to agents with other companies who are not with Redfin in markets that Redfin doesn't serve. All of that declined 28% from 24,548 transactions in Q2 of 2022 to 17,688 transactions this year. Now, the revenue per transaction also took a slide, declining 2.88% year over year to an average of $10,224 per transaction. On Thursday's earnings call, Kalman said the decrease in transactions was twofold, with volatile mortgage rates softening buyer and seller activity and a series of staff and agent layoffs last quarter, weakening Redfin's ability to serve clients. Quote, Agent layoffs forced us to reassign about a third of our active customers, and the closure of Redfin now eliminated 12% of our listing demand, he said. However, Kelman delivered a bullish tone about the company's future while citing the portal's visitor gains compared to its nearest competitors and the bold plan to recruit an experienced agent base after a late 2022 hiring freeze on junior agents. This perhaps is the most interesting talking point on the call, and that was Redfin's embrace of what could only be described as a more traditional real estate brokerage model. Hmm, disruptor. Redfin is eschewing junior agents and its high fixed cost salaried approach in targeted coastal markets. Instead, it's looking to hire more experienced agents in high-priced areas, and Kalman said the brokerage is targeting the San Francisco and Los Angeles markets for a pilot program. In the San Francisco Bay Area, Redfin's share is below 2%, 
but the share of people who bought a home and who'd earlier contacted Redfin agents for service is apparently nearly 30%. It's even higher for purchases above a million dollars, Kalman said, adding that anyone launching a brokerage today with that much demand would have a massive advantage in recruiting and retaining the best agents. Starting in 2024, Redfin plans to give agents in the LA and San Francisco Bay Area, quote, the lion's share of the commission on self-sourced sales while keeping for ourselves the high margins on Redfin-sourced sales, Kalman said. Redfin's goal is to hire and keep agents who can deliver better service and higher close rates for Redfin-sourced customers buying homes above a million dollars and incremental profits from their own sales too. Now, I don't know about you, Here's a company that was coming in to disrupt the real estate industry, and yet they're becoming more and more like a traditional real estate company. I find what's really fascinating is they're now saying, okay, rather than pay salaries, we're going to say you can keep more of your commission and just split with us on the deals that you generate, and then we'll keep more of the commission and split with you on the deals that we generate. It'll be interesting to see how effective that approach is to recruiting better agents who can provide a higher level of service and higher close rates. Good luck with that, Glenn. (laughs) This quote I have to share with you. Glenn Kelman said, but the most miraculously good news is this. Most economists saw the recession as unavoidable and now see it as unlikely. When rates come down, the housing market will be poised to grow again. For now, the only way Redfin plans to grow is by returning to our long history of methodical Glorious gains. <laughs> okay. Open door rebounds with a profitable Q2 despite steep revenue decline. In fact, the iBuyer sold fewer homes and brought in less cash than it did during the same period in 2022, but it still managed to land in the black to the tune of $23 million. Now, that's a reversal from a loss of $54 million in the second quarter of 2022. Open Door brought in $2 billion in revenue between April and June. And by the way, that's down 53% compared to the same period in 2022. As I share these numbers with you, I want to be clear. When we talk about revenue for the real estate brokerages, right, their revenue is gross commission income. When we talk about revenue for open door, it's actually the gross sales volume, right? Because they're buying houses and then they sell those houses. So this doesn't factor in their cost of sale. But what it says is, oh, they generated $2 billion. And you say, my goodness, this is a huge real estate company. Only when you realize that that's the value of the homes that they sold. The company also sold 5,383 homes which represents a dip of 35% compared to the second quarter of last year. Now, for each home that Open Door sold in Q2, it lost an average of $17,000. And by the way, that's an improvement over the first quarter of this year when it lost $29,000. But it's not as good as the second quarter of last year when the company made an average of $40,000 on each home it sold. CEO Kerry Wheeler said that the profit and losses per house should begin improving going forward because homes purchased at higher prices last year are now basically all sold. 
meaning the company is presently working with inventory it bought at lower prices. The company has also improved its renovation process, Wheeler said, meaning it can rehab homes more efficiently and get them back on the market faster. Now, Wheeler has celebrated the fact that Open Door beat its own forecasts in Q2. Quote, our results reflect the progress we've made in strengthening our offering, driving cost efficiencies and managing risks. However, the company's Q3 forecast that it would earn between $950 million to $1 billion in revenue with EBITDA losses of between $60 million and $70 million are likely to weigh on investors' minds. Well, good luck with that, Open Door. Data from the July jobs report was released on Friday and fell roughly in line with expectations. In fact, job gains came in lower than both the 278,000 monthly average for the first half of 2023 and the 399,000 average of 2022. Total non-farm payroll employment increased by 187,000 jobs compared to 209 in June. And that's according to data released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The unemployment rate changed little at 3.5% compared to 3.6% in May, with the total number of unemployed persons falling to 5.8 million. The unemployment rate has remained between 34 and 3.7% since March of 2022. I mean, that's an incredible number. Quote, the incoming economic data continues to convey conflicting signals about the strength of the economy. Indicators of manufacturing and service sector health remain lackluster. Measures of inflation have moved lower, while GDP growth in the second quarter was stronger than expected, and consumer spending remains resilient. And that was said by VP and Deputy Chief Economist Joel Kahn with the Mortgage Bankers Association. Now, while job growth is weakening and wage growth is holding steady, both metrics are still above the pace that would be consistent with the Federal Reserve's inflation target. Employment in the construction industry continued to trend up in July, adding 19,000 jobs, especially in the residential construction space. The ongoing shortage of housing inventory helped spur an increase in home building and home improvement activity, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. On average, the industry added 16,000 jobs per month in the second quarter of the year after employment was essentially flat in the first quarter. Now, employment in the professional and business service sectors and the leisure and hospitality sector changed little in July. So what's next, you ask? At the July Fed meeting, the FOMC hiked the benchmark rate by a quarter percentage point, as was widely expected. And during the press conference that followed that meeting, Federal Chair Jerome Powell said that another rate hike in September is certainly possible, but so is a pause. So we'll wait and see what they have to do. That's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode, where we'll interview Blake Elder with Keller Williams offices in Anchorage and Wasilla in Alaska, Spokane, Washington, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Thanks again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.